Hello, and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy, and what a delight to be with you on this Thursday, June 4th of 2020. Uh, We find ourselves, as we have in the last uh, about nine, ten days, uh, we've gone to another level in in our nation as we see things uh, happening, as we see things taking place around us. And uh, if you have any sense, if you... If you if you're walking with God, if you're reading your word, these are very tense times. But this is where the believer, and this is where the child of God hones down and says, I'm gonna trust you, Lord. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but y'all but your word shall remain. And what a delight to come to you and we thank you and we thank all our listeners that have been tuning in. Uh, thank you for taking up your time and studying the Word of God. This is what this podcast is all about, is to is to study the Word of God with a prophetic lens. And I know God has been showing us some things, and I'm excited about the Word of God today. And I pray that you uh, worship God with us, that you study the Word of God with us, open your Bibles, and I know God has something for us. As always, it is a pleasure to be with our panel today. Brother Fernando and Brother Marty uh, to study the word together, and and so I'll leave it here with Brother Marty, and so for you to share what God has placed in your heart as we study the word together. Well, praise the Lord, we're we're coming to you again out of the book of the prophet Isaiah, and we're going to begin with the fifth verse. And uh, Brother Jeremy, would you read that fifth verse, chapter one, verse five? Yes, one, I got it right here, verse five, here we go. Why should ye be stricken anymore? You will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick, and the whole heart faint. For from the sole of the feet, even unto the head, there is no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises, putrefying sores. They have not been closed and neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. Can you read verse 7, Brother Jeremy? Your country is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. Your land, strangers devoured it in your presence. And it is desolate as overthrown by strangers. And the daughter of Zion, verse 8 is left as a cottage in a vineyard, as a lodge in a garden of cucumbers, as a besieged city. And except the Lord of hosts had left unto us a very small remnant, we should have been as Sodom, we should have been like unto Gomorrah. We're going to talk today, continuing uh, as we have this week, on our theme, uh, relating the same types of things uh, that were happening in the days of Isaiah as he ministered to his people. Uh, and we see the profound historical parallels replaying in, in our country. And yesterday, for those of you who have are just joining us, I encourage you to go back and listen to all the podcasts this week because we started in Isaiah. But yesterday in particular, we dealt with uh, particular things that had to do with the foundational uh, establishment of the country as as a unique country that is the united states just as judah jerusalem israel were unique in all the earth uh, in their time 
So the United States of America has been made unique in that it is a people that was founded, as we quoted yesterday from from different uh, historical resources, who truly sought the Lord and sought him to bless this land, to bless this nation, and dedicated it to him. Now, I know in the universities of the day, uh, it's it's a, a popular thing to distort the history and to leave great portions of our foundational uh, truths out as we as we disseminate information to the children, seeking to corrupt their minds and basically slant right. them in in the direction right of 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 a generation that that basically has no understanding of the roots of this country. And and right. and that is the that's the situation, right? That that uh, Israel found itself in, is that after subsequent generations of blessing gave way to a nation that was meant to be a light to the nations around it, it began to instead of by uh, reflecting the fruit of the Spirit and the Word of God in their life as a holy nation, designed specifically to transform the heathen, pagan, Gentile nations around them, instead of doing that. They began to uh, partake of the very things that would ultimately lead to their destruction. And a lot of people don't understand, you know, why that is. They they think that that's a mean God who just wanted to destroy these people because they didn't obey. No, it is your lack of understanding of, of the way that, that God deals with a people, particularly his own people. He chose them and made them unique out of all the people of the world. They were in slavery for 430 years, and he sent Moses to deliver them from the from the cruel, dominating hand of the global empire of that time, Egypt, and Pharaoh, its king, and, and he delivered them. They were not even a people. They were less than a people. They were a subservient people. Though they had a great heritage, by the time that Moses shows up, they don't they don't even know about this Abraham, this Isaac, and this Jacob. I mean, we heard about them, but it's been 430 years. And Moses goes, and by the direction, the anointing, and the power of God, he uses Moses and Aaron to, to lead the people out. And he, and he brings them to the promised land. And at the edge of entering into the promised land, like we talked about yesterday in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 25 through 26, he calls heaven and earth to account as the new generation's about to go into the promised land and 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 they they swear an oath to God that if he would bless them they would follow his rules and 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 God said I will make you the greatest nation of all the nations on the face of the earth and that's indeed what happened but it would it, it, in the subsequent intervening centuries because you're looking at probably about 800 years, maybe four, five, six, seven hundred years or so in there. After the centuries went by and the blessings and, and, and the things that God did for them, they began to fall away. They became professionally religious. They had the nation's capital in Jerusalem. They had a great you know, temple uh, that was built by Solomon. And, and, uh, and they, were, they were living high on the hog, so to speak. But in the interim, they began to fall away, and God would send them, send them correction and send them words from God. But but they got harder and harder with each subsequent prophet, with each subsequent revelation, with each subsequent judgment that would come upon them, uh, and then they would return to God. 
yet they would fall back into their sin. But now they reached a, a place of prosperity and power under these leaderships of Uzziah, Jotham, and Ahaz, and Hezekiah, the, the time period that Isaiah prophesied. And they come to the point now where Isaiah has to be moved by God to, to go and speak to his generation and, and begin to, to remove the veil of, of false religion from them. And, and 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 their identity with being this great nation of God was what they rejoiced in rather than allowing the God of the nation to be within their hearts. And they reached that point where we began today what Brother Jeremy read was, can you read that again, verse 5, Brother Jeremy? Yes. Why should you be stricken anymore? You will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick and the whole heart. Thanks. Yeah, so he begins to call him out, right? And 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 he says, "Look, it's it's almost as if he's asking a a question out loud to himself." You know, the, he's questioning them, he's questioning out loud. He says, "Look, why should God continue to send corrective things to you? Why should you continue to experience uh momentary pauses?" In, in the hopes that you'll change what, your behavior as a nation. Uh, right. You're supposed to be the nation of God, right? And he says, because all it serves to do is make you worse. You'll just rebel yeah. more and more. Yeah, persist. Yeah, and you know, when I was thinking about that, you guys jump in at any time, because we're, we're talking about the United States. We're talking about the condition we're in right now. We're talking about our streets. Uh, except for yesterday, it was kind of like a pause, even though a few things happened. But, the, you know, the days leading up to yesterday where they were rebelling and revolting and protesting and, and it turned violent, the setting things on fire, looting stores, you know, uh, uh, an all out mayhem on our streets led by our youth rebelling against authority. We have police presence responding in, in 30 major cities, plus little towns across America. We've got the national church uh in Washington D.C., being set on fire, this is insanity. Yeah. Right. Yes. And 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 the prophet has that same kind of feeling because in verse seven he he tells them your cities are burning. You know he's basically prophesying that's what's coming to you guys. Well, it's happening for us, right? So you know our cities are burning, and 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 uh, and our land is desolate, and we'll get to that in a second. But but so it's with that kind of understanding that Isaiah says. Why should God send any more warnings to you, whether it be by natural disaster, like a hurricane, an earthquake, or a 9-11, in America's case, right? 9-11 didn't turn us around. And then we had great economic collapse during the Obama years. That didn't turn us around. And then and then, and then, then the whole shift in, 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 in the political landscape of America takes place. And instead of... of of treating it in the right way, you have the entirety of the evangelical community running all up in the White House and and boasting themselves as if uh, they are what they're not, man. And and now we have this mess. It's gone from those heights to these lows, where we have a pandemic, a global lockdown, the coronavirus. Now we have now we have you know mayhem in our streets as a nation. And 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 Isaiah, his words echo into our generation. It's like, okay, what has God got to do now <laughs> to you guys? He says, even if he, if this isn't enough, 
Now the outward expression of what you have sowed the seeds over decades is coming to fruit now. Now you're seeing it all around you. He goes, you're beyond that. Even if I sent another corrective measure, all it would do is serve to make you hard. Because if all the events leading up to this time haven't changed you as a nation, and, and, and he's not talking about the people in general now. He's talking to about his own people. He's talking about his church. He's talking about his church's leadership. He said, if none of these things have changed you, uh, nothing will. And so he sends the prophet at a precise moment to begin to warn them of the impending conclusion to this, which is ultimately going to be their captivity. And so he says, look, (laughs) in verse 5, he says, all you'll end up doing is revolting more and more. So what he's saying by that is that I am going, no longer am I going to allow calamity to come against you for corrective purposes. In other words, to get you to repent. It doesn't mean they're going to stop coming. And indeed, they wouldn't stop coming. They'd they'd actually increase. It just means that they're no longer designed to try and get you to wake up and turn from your sins. You're beyond that now. And he begins to lay the case. That's a hard word, I know, but I'm just giving you the word of God here. So he says, what does he say? Because the whole head is sick and the heart is faint. And what is he saying by that? The whole head. And and really what he's talking about is your soul, the soul of the nation, the soul of the of the church within your nation. It, it it literally means the thought processes are incapable of godly reflective choices and decisions. I know that's a lot of fancy words. But he's literally saying, You have reached the point where you don't even think right. So that even when something happens like we're experiencing, for instance, in our country, you don't have the capacity because Mm. your soul is dead. Your whole head is sick. There's not even a place I can reach to and say, wake up, because you're absolutely soul sick. Your thought processes are incapable of reflecting in a godly nature. And then he says, the heart is faint. Which is really interesting because the heart is the spirit. So he's literally saying your 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 soul and your spirit, all of it, is corrupt. And the word in there, the heart is faint. It it means menstruous. It's, it's a really graphic word. Hmm. But with the sense of both being unclean, because that was under Levitical law, is 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 a husband uh, was to refrain from relations with his wife while she was going through her time of the month. But he uses this graphic language as if saying that their very spirit has become unclean. Under the under the word of God, they have become unclean. And and also it has the sense of, of the weakness that occurs by the loss of blood, right? I mean, that's literally what he's talking about. So your heart is as if it has no life in it. It's 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 incapable of of rising to the occasion and changing its way. It doesn't have the spiritual quality, even even remotely any longer, that I can tap into. Maybe the, the deepest, uh, there's, there's a part or even a, a residue that remains that I can maybe get at you and, and, and jar you and, and cause you from your spirit to, to, to recognize what's happening to your nation, to your country. And right. he says, but I can't, right? I can't because the whole head and the whole heart is sick. Were you going to say something, brother? Yeah, but, but Marty, it's interesting that yesterday, a 
quote unquote, it was kind of like a, a quiet day in terms of not a lot of much, much violence and looting, right? Right. But it was very, it's interesting, but yesterday to me was a day of a lot of talking through the different media outlets, to the different uh, town hall meetings, through Facebook, and just talking and talking, everybody giving their opinion of the solutions for all of this ruckus that's going on in our nation. And while every and, and some of the things that, that I was hearing were so outlandish, but yet so mm. revealing to me that there's something wrong in their head. <laughs> they're, 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 yeah. Right? Because yeah. uh, because what I did what I did not hear I heard everything else, but what I did not hear, and especially from our preachers, is you know what? Yeah, as a matter of fact, what I saw yesterday is people, big time preachers, protesting, right? Incredible, <laughs> you know, it, it, incredible, right? This is a time where we must, you know, tell them this is the answer. We got to repent, America, you know. But everybody and 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 telling us what they're going to do, and then it's it's out in the open, what they're going to do, how they're going to go, how they're going to change the laws, how they're going to. If you don't believe like this, if you don't think like this, we're gonna get you this way. The head is sick in our country right now. Everywhere, everybody's in uproar, but the head yeah. is injured. The the whole heart is afflicted. And, and I thought, and and it's interesting that you're saying that we're reading this today because. To me, what we're reading in verse 5 is really a reflection of what took place in many ways yesterday, because I did hear a lot of talking. Interesting. So I, I just yeah. want to bring, bring that out. Yeah, and, and, and that's good, because I, I agree with you, since we're talking about our country. It is like that, you know, that you were saying they were looking for solutions and so forth and so on. They, they don't have any, because... Because they can't think straight, and again, mm-hmm. we're continuing to reiterate that that Isaiah begins to deal and and starts out chapter one dealing with the political power base and the ruling religious elite, but he is also addressing the nation as a whole, and we talked about it yesterday because if you're silent in this, then you're com- then you're complicit in it, or if you start marching with 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 them uh as as a as a as a form of being <laughs> uh to to put yourself in a position with the hopes of being embraced by those that are that are demanding change when you yourself are supposed to be the example and you yourself by marching with them you are actually uh, admitting preacher <laughs> that you've been completely effective. It's almost like if you can't beat them, join them, as if they have the correct message. Anyway, I don't want to get on my high horse there, right? Um, but but this is what he's saying. The thought process is the soul. And again, I'm reiterating, we're talking to the leadership of the so-called church in this country. Because I don't blame these kids that are marching. I don't even blame them. I mean, their actions are reprehensible when it comes to the burning and the looting and the and the hurting people, of course. But I'm right. talking about these are children. Ah, oh, they're not children. They're in their 20s and 30s. They're kids. They're just kids. And 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 they and and they're and they have no bearing. They are the reflection. Isaiah calls them the seed of evildoers in verse 4. They are the wow. children. Right. 
that are corruptors because they are the offspring of you old guys who taught them to act this way. <laughs> you know, and and you preachers who didn't bring the word forth so that they could have a, a, a counterbalance. The the audacity of these slick haired dudes, man, nowadays in our churches, who think that that Jesus is all about you know, a donut and a, and a cup of coffee before the service, you know, I, and, 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 and you're really cool because you got a tattoo that says Moses or something. I don't know, man. I mean, but you're, and you know, the music you play, you can't even distinguish it between the world and, and the sacred hymns of God anymore. And, and, and you're trying to be so relevant to the culture that all you did was abrogate your position given to you by the Holy Spirit to be the moral conscience of a nation, and over decades of this kind of behavior, Isaiah said in his time, it all it produced was children that are absolutely corrupt, in verse 4, and that have forsaken the Lord. In other words, they don't want anything to do with God, because the right. God that was been, has been portrayed to them, whether it be the evangelists of the 80s, who, who fell miserably in front of the world, or, or, or now the compromised... Uh, crazy wacko dudes, you know, in the 90s, you know, blowing on people, throwing their coats on people and all that kind of crazy stuff into now the 21st century that is riddled with false prophets and, and a bunch of money-grubbing, hungry prosperity preachers. That's what you call God? And that's what you think is going to change a nation and transform a world? It is, right. <laughs> is it any wonder we're at this place? And so now what do they do? You're talking about Joel Osteen, right? The guy from Houston. He starts yes. marching with them. He marches with them because he's one of them. Whether he realizes it or not, he is one of them. And so are all these other dudes out there. They know not the word of God. They have forsaken the Lord. And, and at the elite level of what should be national guidance by those who carry with them a Bible and pretend to be the men of God, they have absolutely nothing. And it has angered the Lord. And so the Lord says, what have I got left to do here? If, if, if World War II wasn't enough, if Vietnam wasn't enough, if the assassination of, of, of JFK wasn't enough, or Martin Luther King or Bobby Kennedy wasn't enough, if the humiliating resignation of your president in 73 wasn't enough, if, if the AIDS crisis wasn't enough, if the rise of technology in the super surveillance state isn't enough, if the if the downing of the two towers isn't enough, throw in some blood moons and some comets flying through the sky, mm -hmm. and, and and massive earthquakes isn't enough. I mean, my God, some hurricanes. Perth, they yeah. had a bunch of hurricanes in there just a couple of years ago. We had those success, like five or six or seven hurricanes in a row hit our country. Remember? If none of that's right. enough, or if your sons and daughters. Uh, dying on the foreign fields of the Middle East in Iraq, uh, uh, on the deserts of Iraq, uh, isn't enough. 100,000 of them coming home wounded, or those that are off in Afghanistan, or the multiple terror attacks, and, and on and on and on. Right. He says, if, if that wasn't enough to turn you around, why should I do, if, that's what Isaiah says in verse 5, why should you be stricken anymore? Right. The only thing that's yeah. right. The only thing that's gonna happen is you're just gonna get worse. You'll revolt. He didn't say you'll 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 continue to revolt. He said you'll revolt more and more. 
Brother Marty, and <clears throat> we've gotten to the point where Christians don't even know how to discern spiritual things anymore. When they hear a preacher, or anybody for that matter, in particular in our nation, when they hear anybody say anything, they're trying to figure out if you're leaning to the left or the right in what you're saying. Right. Right. And and they don't understand. We're not even talking about any of that. It's not a left or right thing. It's a up and down thing. Right. It's a spiritual condition. <laughs> I like that. Right. But yeah. they don't know how to because that's what's been preached through our pulpits. It's it's a it's a conservative, right wing agenda. Incredible. And, and if you're a left, if you're a left or liberal listening to this, shame on them. Right? Shame on yeah. shame on, on, on Christians preaching a political message. Right. Jesus right. in his own ministry, they tried to trap him in these hot topic questions. You know, yeah. uh whether they they should pay taxes to Caesar or not, right? It was a hot topic question. He says, Give unto Caesar what's Caesar, give unto God what's of God. Right. That, that we're not we're not left or right here. Well I wonder whether you know, they do do they believe Black Lives Matter or are they pro cops or no no? Well, what I'm saying, the whole nation, and, and what Isaiah is saying, is the whole nation is sick from the top yeah. to the bottom. That's what we have to understand, and I want the listener to understand that it's a spiritual condition. What we're seeing taking place on our streets, what were the pressures that are coming from politics, what we're seeing taking place in our nation, it's symptoms of the issue that we have all completely forsaken really the name that is that that is that is it's fought against is the name of Jesus. That's it. It's the name of Jesus. They are fighting against Jesus. They are fighting against our Judeo Christian values. And again, yes. even when we say that today, oh you're conservative. You're a right winger. No. No, no, no. Well forget the left and the right. This is about Right. What is God saying? We're we're getting into the what, what Isaiah is saying to us is the very thoughts that are taking place in in the mind of God concerning His people and the nation. Yes, that's right. So I wanted to, I wanted I wanted to, I wanted to, because I know how people are thinking today. You know, the people are, yeah. are are filled with anger and hate, and they're exhausted. You know, and they don't know they don't know how to discern the times. But again, yeah. this is why there's going to be a great falling away. Because, and I, and I say this, because what's taking place right here, a lot of Christians didn't prepare themselves for these times, so they don't know how to discern them. My goodness. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to discern them. And yeah. this is a trap of the enemy. This is the spirit of Antichrist. At the end of the day, everything that is taking place, right? They spoke. Up, they speak a lot about reform, law enforcement reform, judicial reform, the White House being reformed. Everything is going to be changed, right? Every year. And nine eleven, nine eleven with Big Brother, the implementation of Big Brother and surveillance, and 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 with the pandemic, we're talking about healthcare reform, universal healthcare. Now we're talking about military and law enforcement reform with everything that is going on. What do you think is next? I think. What's coming is is the big is the big tidal wave, man, is, which is the economy. It's going to take a huge hit in America and around the world. Everything yes. that is taking place, it's not a race issue. 
it's not a, a health care issue. It's not, it's, it's not a, a, a law enforcement issue. Everything in, is taking place because what's coming is, is what the Bible predicts is coming, which is the spirit of Antichrist is working to set the platform for the man of sin. And ultimately, I'm going to just say, you know who they're going to come after? Christian. That's where it's all headed. So our, our nation is sick from the top all the way through the body. We're sick. And this is the time to repent. This is the time to consider our way because if we don't, we're in trouble. Incredible. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, it's so important what you said there about – because you're right. See – uh, there are those, and I've had some blowback, you know, come at me like, you know, oh, so you hate the president? No, I didn't say that. I don't hate the president. Yeah, exactly. I love him. I, I pray for him. I really do, because he's a, he is so. <laughs> I don't want to go off that way, but I mean, it, the dude is he's just a man. He's just a guy, and he a is dude. caught up in history right now that I don't care how astute you could be, you could have never predicted what is happening to the whole world right now. But like right. you said, yeah. Brother Fernando, you said that, that that Christians leading up to this point, and that's who we're talking to, that's who yes. we're attempting to reach, right. is, is those who have the moniker that they're Christian, is that they did not prepare themselves when times were relatively peaceful, uh, as they should, and so now that 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 things are beginning and have have are well into what's taking place around the world, they don't know how to discern what it is that's happening. They don't have yeah. an understanding of the times. They don't have the spiritual capacity to, to to go to the word because the word is just like some big book that they have no you know, no bearings in, even when they open the scriptures. And and when they look to their pastors, my God, I mean, what we have today that are called pastors is, is pathetic. And yet they are simply the symptom, right, right? <laughs> of, a, of a larger right. truth, and that is the failure of the elders that went before us. A, a, right. Starting from back in the 80s till now, man, because many of them have passed away now and their children are in charge. And that's why we're in such trouble. See, when God no, said the whole head is sick, yeah, and when God said the whole head is sick and the whole heart is faint, it, basically he's saying you have reached the point as a nation that you can't even be corrected anymore. And this is right. this. You're, you're on life support. <laughs> right. We are. Yeah, we are. No, that we are. In the famous words of, of Dr. Fauci, you're on a ventilator, a ventilator. No, I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> you're, you're, yeah, not bad, not yeah. bad. Not bad. I've been working on that. I've been yeah. saving that all week, brother. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, seriously, I mean, it's true, brother. We're, we're on a ventilator, and and uh, and we don't know it. Right. The yeah, most astounding. Go ahead, brother. No, no, it's just powerful because, you know, what you quoted from verse 4, you, you, you have become a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors, uh, a brood of evildoers, your offspring. This is, this is, look at your offspring right now. 
and this is not a knock on our on our generation right now. They're just act. They're just acting upon what they've been taught. This is a consequence of you, parent, of you, preacher, of what you've been given in our school. You know, this is what it's produced. This is what it's producing. This would. This is what the, as they say, right? The proof is in the pudding, right? Yeah. And, and, and so Isaiah lays the blame. He said, "It's your offspring. You have become a brood of evildoers. The head is sick." The head is injured. The whole heart is afflicted. And he lays the blame right there at the elders, right? This nation, that's where the elders it belongs. of the church. Yes. And that's where it belongs. Uh, and, and Because without, like we were reading yesterday from that preacher from the 1800s, he said, look, as, as America was expanding across the nation, he said, you need to be, build schools. You need to build hospitals. You need to, you need to, uh, change the moral fabric of the country by guiding its its laws and its and its jurisdiction jurisdictions with the with the solid foundation of judeo-christian values otherwise all the morality that you pretend or all the laws that you try to pass if they have no moral compass they will not stand they don't mean anything because un unless a person is ruled from the heart i don't care how much you put in his head you know, he ha what he does, he does from the heart. And and what, what Brother Jeremy was just pointing out is, is, is he turns towards the parents and their parents, too, and said, this right. is your offspring. The most precious thing that has ever been given to a man and a wife is, is a child. Now, you look at those young men, you know, all dressed in black and throwing bricks and, 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 and breaking down glass and, you know, <laughs> stealing from the stores that we've been watching. Every single one of them used to be in diapers. <laughs> used to be so, so innocent that they couldn't even feed themselves. What yeah. happened? I mean, yeah, something raised. brother. It's yeah. dangerous because we've given autonomy to everyone to self-govern themselves. My goodness. Think about mm -hmm. that. What kind of, okay, I get it. We want rights, okay? Well, you know, we, we, we don't, you know, we want to change things. We want to change laws. We want to change the way we're governed. Okay, so, so who sets that standard? Now the people right. are. And you right. give that autonomy to them? Everybody's going to turn on themselves because everybody has their own standard of what morality is. That's very yes. dangerous. Without God, that's right. Without that God. Me, and, 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 <laughs> well, that reminds me of what Brother Jeremy said a few weeks back when we were somewhere along the lines there uh, where, where you, you brought out how that the book of Judges closes with the statement, and everybody yes, did right. that which was right in their own sight, right? And, and basically, right. that that's how the whole book of Judges stops, right there. And then what happens? The story begins of the birth of, yes. of, of, right. of the prophets, right? <laughs> yes. And so I think what we're seeing is is we've come to that place. Everybody's doing what's right in their own eyes. And so how far away are we from, from the rise of what the Bible predicted would happen? And that is the coming of the spirit of Elijah. The prophets have to come forth. And I'm not talking about the pseudo, you know, decree and declare prophets that have no word and don't, and they wouldn't even know uh, how to word a turn in the Bible if, if, if you told them to. 
They're all about, they're nothing more than soothsayers and, 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 and work by a spirit of divination. I'm not talking about those false hyper-charismatic groups. Where were they, by the way, uh, predicting at the beginning of this year all this stuff we see happening, right? They were a trillion miles away from it. And all the way through it, they've decreed and declared and, and every single one of their words from the big evangelist trying to blow the storm off the <laughs> off the nation yeah. to you know to all this oh this, this Pentecostal season is going to be really good Pentecost man now it's Pentecost we're going to see God turn everything around that's when the fire of God fell on the day of Pente well yeah we got fires all right but it ain't the spirit of God the fires broke out in the Pentecostal season <laughs> yeah. burning your city because your land is desolate oh, wow. and the soul of your leadership is empty, vain, and has absolutely no life in it. But now we see a generation like you guys are talking about that's doing everything right in their own sight, seeking to govern themselves. I believe this is quite possibly now we will see the rise of uh, of the spirit of Elijah the, to prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. Because all that's left in this kind of a climate, and this is what's really hard, for people to, 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 to deal with when Isaiah in verse 5 says, why should I try and correct you? Because what he's literally saying is you are beyond correction. And this is going to make a lot of people mad if they actually, because they know what we're saying. You're beyond correction. So it's not a matter of, okay, you still have a chance here. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to offer it to you, but I know you're not going to turn. But yet I, I show you my grace to the end. But you've reached the point where you're no longer correctable. And the reason is, is because you can't think straight and you have no spiritual quality in your heart. You're completely saturated with your own doing. And he goes on to say in verse 6, the sole of your foot, even to the head, there's no soundness in it. There's no wholesomeness. There's no completeness. The, the, the very steps that you take are broken. I can't reach you anymore. In, in verse six, he goes on to say, "There's no, there's no, from the sole of your foot to the, uh, even unto your head, there's no soundness." And and then he lists all the ways that he tried to get a hold of him. He said, he said, uh, all you have are wounds, bruises, and putrefying sores. They have not been closed, neither bound up, neither have they been mollified with ointment. In other words, they haven't been cured. So what he was literally saying was, I wounded you to try and get your attention. That represents, the, yeah. it literally means to be crushed. It, it speaks of the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. You know what's interesting to me, brother? I was just thinking about it when I said that. Because to me, 9-11 was a huge wound for our country. The two the two towers come falling down, and, I, and the Pentagon gets blown up. I mean, I remember World. seeing... <laughs> I remember seeing uh, Congress come out on the steps of the Capitol, Democrat and Republican alike, singing "God Bless America." Right. Right. And and they're saying that that this is the last time we had National Guard troops on, on in in the country out on the streets was during 9/11. Well, here yeah. now we have National Guard troops out on the streets under this, this whole protest and, and violent riot thing going on. But there ain't nobody standing on the steps singing God Bless America anymore. Right. Wow. So what God was literally saying was, 
I, I brought the convicting power of the Holy Spirit at 9-11. At least it moved your representatives to sing, but they're not even moved yeah. anymore. There's no wow. conviction that, that reaches them. And then he says, you have, and, and bruises. That literally means stripes or being whipped, right? Uh, the correction of the Spirit. I brought correction to you. I brought conviction to you. But because no repentance occurred, he says, now it, it's become putrefying sores. It's become infected, and it's spread throughout your entire body. He says, you didn't bind it up, and you didn't cure yourself. You didn't let my spirit cure you. You didn't let my spirit heal you. And so what you're left with is, 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 a, is a festering, stinking thing that leads to gangrene, that literally will bring you to death because of your of your inability to hear me and because you've refused me and because you will not turn back, you know, and that's why he lists in verse six, all the ways that, that he tried to correct the nation and why he's justified in saying, why should I continue to try and correct you, man? Because really, go ahead. For the Marty, it's, um, very powerful uh, what you're saying. I, I just want to share this with, with the people. Yesterday, as I was meditating about these things and, and praying to the Lord, I, I can't explain it. I guess the only word that I can describe what I felt at, the, uh, at a moment in, in, in that prayer, a terror came upon me. A terror. That's the word that I'm using, terror. And the terror came with the thought for the first time in my life of experiencing perhaps a now say perhaps a now godless nation. I had never wow. ever experienced that because you know like at least in nineteen eleven we went to church, you know, we declare the word, right? But yes. for the first time, and I'm not saying that God is not with us anymore, but what I am saying is that his presence is being removed. I mean, it's pretty much, if it's not gone, I mean, God is still God. He's still there. But the terror of contemplating something I have never, ever thought about this country, that perhaps we had now become what it seems now a godless nation. I don't know if you, if you, you know what, but just the feeling that I yeah. got. You know, I do. That, to, to think of that, I said, no, God, and that, and that made me cry out to God. I said, no, God, don't forsake. You know, there's a remnant, Lord, you know, and blah, you know, but what I'm telling you is, is, is that feeling came to me for the first time in my life of almost like God, just, just that removal, almost it seems completely, not not that he has, just telling just the way I felt, you know. and Brother, brother I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, from a different perspective, but I think it's the same kind of feeling. You know, I I, <laughs> I haven't always been this holy man of God, right? So, <laughs> but, but I, I I've known His presence, and I've known what it is to walk away from that presence, and to mm. find myself in some of the most desperate times of my life. Uh, you know, where God had to remove His presence from me after a night of debauchery and, 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 and horribleness, uh, when the devil 
when the sun comes up and the devil quits dancing around you and, and leaves you uh, to wallow in, in, in the reality of what it is you've just been doing. And the light shines upon your day and the energy and darkness of the night is gone and God is no longer with you. And all you hear is the echoes of, of, of the devils as they, as they, as they laugh and have to retreat because they've accomplished and you allowed them to accomplish whether you realized it or not, what they wanted to do to you, which is break fellowship with God. And it's in that most lonely of places where you feel godless, where you feel a desperation and a sadness because I was a child of God. Right. So, I mean, I, I mean, I felt, I felt sad. Uh, and, and in your case, uh, that's the only way I can relate to that in that sense is that to feel, cause I know your life, brother Jeremy, and, and you've walked with God your whole life. Um, and, and so for you to feel that way is incredible. Uh, and, and, and that's, that's how I relate to that, that feeling of, have we reached this point? Oh, absolutely. We have. And, yes, and yeah. that's why, that's, that's why Isaiah, you know, he, he says, you know, when the Lord would have healed you, you know, after repeat, repeated attempts to correct us, he said, you, you wouldn't allow it. So yeah. now you're infected. You have putrefying sores, and it's led to your precarious, current, dire situation. I mean, that's basically what he's saying. So he says, now look and see in verse 7. Your country is desolate. And, and, and that word desolate means to be astonished and ruined, and also to be left in a feeling of numbness. That's what it means to be to sit there like you're all numb. You can't take anymore, right? You're just numb. When you look around yeah. and see what's going on, he says, and, and it's caused you to be astonished and to have that sense of ruin and emptiness and numbness. You're like, how much more? It's like, like we talked about the other day. He's saying it's like sensory overload. Yeah. You know, sensory overload. You can't take no more. It's so much. <laughs> you know what I mean? And now we right. got a storm brewing in the Gulf, right? So we won't talk right. about that today, but, but. And then he says, and, and your cities are burning with fire. That's what he told them. And, 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 and that's really, because it would be in the future that would happen to them. But it's really metaphoric for the judgment that's, that's been allowed to come upon the land. It, it's, a, it's an astonishing thing. He says, because you wouldn't let the Lord, even with wounds and bruises, you, you didn't heal it up. You didn't let the Spirit heal you and change you, even though he tried to. And so now you're just left with, with an infection because you can't have God and sin in your life. It'll kill you. You know, you know, so, Brother Marty, uh, yeah, we, I, think, I, we're, I think we shared an article of, uh, uh, I don't know if it was troops or police in Minneapolis. Uh, they were walking through, uh, a, it seemed a middle-class neighborhood, a real nice neighborhood. And, you know, the families were in their porches. And then you see you see uh, law enforcement just walking through the streets. It was about maybe thirty officers yes. or military men, and and they're screaming orders at the people. And I'm sharing this with my buddy, a good friend of mine. He's a believer, and, and uh, he calls me back after he sees the video, and and, and, the, and the military guys or officers are screaming at the people, "Get in your houses! Get in your houses!" And the people are like, "What in the world's going on?" And you hear yeah. a command that says, light them up, and, right. and they start right. shooting rubber bullets at, at the people's front uh, 
porch where they're standing yeah. and they're and they're running into the house like scared like oh my god what is going on and and yeah. and, and my my buddy my, my good friend said you know he asked me the question um he said do you think it's right to send military into our streets or to send the military into our cities and and i told him i said it's not whether it's right or not i mean i guess you have to now it's all all out lawlessness but i said that's not the point it's not whether it's right or wrong it's it's that it's happening in this nation yeah <laughs> in the land and he said it he said you're right in the land of the free i said right. yes uh-huh. right I said, think right. about it. You posted me the question, is it wow. right or wrong? I said, that's not the point. Right. Right. And that's not the right question, right? And it's not <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And it, and it hit him. He's like, you're right. I said, it's, it's, it's that this nation, right, from sea to shining sea, God has shed his grace on thee, right? This yeah. nation. Yeah. We're seeing mm-hmm. all of this. That is, is what the, the people in the days of Isaiah could not uh, rec- they have recollection to understand where they had come from to where they were today. They couldn't understand. They couldn't consider. They they reached a point where they were numb. He says, why should yeah. I stricken you anymore? Right. Why should I continue to send judgments your way, allow judgments to come your way? It's not right. going to work. You're, you're, right. you're off the rails completely. Right. You know, we're, we're asking the wrong question. And to his credit, he realizes that, man, you are so right. This is exactly what's, what's astonishing. That's the word he used, yeah. right? Definitely. Be astonished. Yes, you know? yes. right. It's incredible. It, the Bible teaches us that he chastises those that he loves. So the preacher should have understood very, very quickly that, that you know, when God... That he, it's the love of God. It's even the judgments are the mercy of God. Him trying to turn us back unto Him, you know. But as we're reading today in Isaiah, that even through the correction, you know, He said, "Why should I correct you if you're going to continue and persist in your sin?" And think about this: you as a parent, especially you that have, you know, children over eighteen. Whenever you have a child that no matter how much you correct them, you tell them, he just doesn't listen, right? What do you do with that child, right? There's there's really, there comes the point that you don't tell them anything no more. You just simply say, God, do whatever it takes, (laughs) prayer, right? I mean, what can you do? You know, that's a hard prayer. I remember years ago. uh, Brother Fernando ministered a, a, a message that impacted my life a lot. He says, one thing is to pray, you know, when the hey, God, you know, touch him. And, you know, another thing is uh, whatever it takes prayer. And that's not for the faint of heart. That's when you're saying, God, do whatever it takes. And, I, and I think what we're seeing, you know, while, while God's grace is big and his forgiveness is unmeasurable, but, you know, there, there is a, a point, a time, but there's nothing else that God cannot do if the heart is not. And then that's where Romans 1 becomes, right, uh, a true, that he just turns them off. Okay, you want to continue like this? Here you go. You want to live in this debauchery? I've, I've told you. I've warned you. I've chastised you. I sent my servants early, as he told Jeremiah. 
and you mm-hmm. did not want to listen. And there comes a time. It doesn't matter how big God's grace is. If you don't receive it, it becomes it becomes of no effect to you. Right? And so I, I was just thinking about it, you know, about, you know, as you guys were talking. <clears throat> yeah, and that and that's exactly right because and I just want to clarify, I think it was the I think it was the prophet Jeremiah that said, Be astonished all the heavens. You uh, haven't I don't know if it was the prophet yeah. Isaiah, yeah, but he used that word. Yeah, be astonished. And and that's what he means. Uh, he says, Look, you've reached the point where you can't be corrected. What's really intense there is he says, because if I tried to do it at this point now, the result is going to be you'll revolt against me more and more. That is so intense, right? Because (laughs) he's talking spiritually here. He's actually trying to let remain in them something that in the hopes of, because if I, if I bring corrective measures in, uh, you know, instituted by me, that is the, the 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 Lord God Almighty. When I bring corrective measures, every time that you say no to the Holy Spirit, it works within you the removing of light from your soul. Mm. And yeah. and so He's saying, when I if I was to send more of my, how I deal with you, because because how I deal with you is to bring you back to me. When when I allow bad things to come. It's it's the devil dealing with you because he wants to destroy you, and it's it's a result of how you rejected me. So there's two types of correction, because he even calls That's the good. Assyrian the rod of his anger, right? He called Nebuchadnezzar his servant when he came and led them captive. So so it's right. always you know under the defined parameters of the permission of God, but there's a correction that comes into the believer's life. That is that is instituted by God, as well as on a national life, or a national uh, correction for for a nation that's instituted by God, that's designed to bring the nation or the person to their knees to reflect and turn back to God that they might be healed. But see, He says, if I do it now, you're just simply going to go deeper and and become absolutely as an entire nation unredeemable ever, and and so I've got to let you go. And allow the, the the fruit of your doings to come upon you. And so he says, open your eyes and look. Uh, like you were saying earlier, you, they don't they, they can't even discern what's going on. But he says, your your country's become desolate. Verse seven, your whole country. And and really, he says, it's an astonishing thing. Your nation is ruined. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, it's it's right. It's incredible what we're seeing. It's ruined, right. and it and it and it's. All it's done is make you even number to it, right? Because the party goes on, right? But, but he says, now, and, and on top of that, he says, your cities are on fire. Your cities are burned with fire. Metaphoric in our times for judgment. You know, judgment has come to your cities. And then he says, your land, strangers devour it in your presence. That's one thing. And it's overthrown by strangers. That's the second thing. So what he was saying there, and I'm hurrying, verse 7, he's literally saying strangers one of the indications that you have been up under judgment for quite some time is strangers have devoured uh, your land in your presence. And, right. and what that literally yeah. means, and what strangers literally means uh, foreigners. Yes. In their case, the Gentiles who have no God or don't, they don't worship the God that you do. And I was thinking about that and and uh, this morning and, and and I felt like the Lord was saying that's the same thing that's been happening for decades with the United States 
Yes. It's the foreign pagan nations like Saudi Arabia or China or India. You know, they've come in and bought up massive chunks of our industry. They they have they have loaned us money to where we've become a debtor nation. China holds like two trillion dollars in, in in loans. China, you know, Saudi Arabia bought up uh, ports in Long Beach. Didn't Saudi Arabia buy a port in Long Beach? George Bush let him do it. I mean, what are we seeing? We're seeing foreign nations devour what should have been the blessings for our children. And Isaiah says, they've come in and devoured your land right in front of you, and you can't see it. And then he uses that that horrible phrase, and you're you're as overthrown by strangers. The word overthrown is only used in this context, and it refers to, to Sodom and Gomorrah, which is why he goes on to mention them several times after this. It's the overthrow. And he's literally saying the two things by saying the overthrow by strangers is that it, it references the destruction of Sodom and uh, uh, Gomorrah and that they've been overcome with a judgment like that, complete and total. And that in the future, like Sodom and Gomorrah, the end result will be it'll be completely destroyed. That is what is so wow. fearful about what we are seeing in the word. Because we're talking about our country here. And like Brother yeah. Fernando just said, right? Like Brother Fernando just said, uh, that your friend was telling you about, about the, the troops and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's extraordinary what's happened to this country. And, and, and to see that the streets flooded with soldiers and police and the violence and all that kind of stuff, it, it's it's a very scary thing to imagine that that the nation itself could be if those troops weren't on the streets, like you said, if they were to withdraw and allow what is taking place to taking place, the country would be over. Because this force that is driving these people, which are highly funded by people in the shadows, by the way, that are desiring the yeah. destruction of this country, if you remove, and we don't like to see it, but my God, what what's the alternative? Because before it was the keeping power of God that kept these things at bay, and even right. now, you, even you now, have military military uh, people in the White House that are saying they're disagreeing with the president. So there's there's division at the highest level. The head is sick. Yes, you know over these things. You and know, should we go I mean, there? And should we go there? Because yeah. what you just mentioned. I mean, look, man. Uh, this is let's 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 pull the veneer off of that one. It is quite possible that the deep state itself, which people don't like to hear about, and when I mention deep state, I'm talking about Luciferians and crazy nutcase people at high powerful levels, because the Bible talks about them, saying their spiritual yes, wickedness in high places. I think they're coming to the front now, unashamed, and they're 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 moving to take down this nation. This freedom-loving nation, this God-fearing nation that once used to be. And they're telling us what they're going to do and what they want to do. And so the very pillars of every uh, foundational uh, uh, structure within the, that, that yeah. comprises our government, they're coming out. They're the snakes that have been lurking between the rocks. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're coming out because mm -hmm. they know, they know. They're never going to have an opportunity like this in the immediate future. And they're moving with force 
They're moving with yeah. force now. They're, they're, they're taking their shot, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> they're yeah. taking their shot. Yeah. And and it's yeah. not like, oh, we, we, we just decided to do it. These people are highly organized. Yeah. I saw a report from a highly respected journalist, Laura Loomer, the other day. She said she's been talking to highly placed sources in the government and in, in law enforcement that are telling her, we have never seen anything like this. These people, he say, they have they have uh, signal jamming communication devices. They have people uh, positioned in the different parts of the country. They have financing that's coming in from unknown sources. They're incredibly, incredibly organized, and they're moving to take down the nation and destabilize the culture as a whole. And they've never seen anything like this. And they this, don't. And this spirit, the spirit of this age, brother Marty. That is that is here and it's and it's and it's overtaking the globe. Does not care about whether you're rich or poor. Amen. Young or old, black, white, yellow, brown, whatever. This spirit is not going to give in to your political beliefs. It is going to engulf the globe. And what the Bible says is that everyone is going to cause everyone to take this mark. Yeah. Right? That's where we're headed. Okay? That's what it's not. not, That's what the Bible says. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's the agenda of these people. Whether they realize it or not, they are being influenced by by the the, the devil himself to set up the states to do what he's always wanted to do, which is inhabit a body and bring the greatest delusion and deception that the world has ever seen and known. That's what the Bible says. Yeah, and Jesus said, "Except those days be cut short, man. That the, the, it would, if it, if he let it run its course, there would be no no human being left on the planet. That's the kind of spirit wow. we're dealing here with. That's the kind of thing that that frightens me when we talk about these things. Unless you think we enjoy these subjects, we we don't because what they imply is is absolute frightening scenarios that are just ahead of us." And, and and that's why I know that we have we have a measure of hope, but it's not the kind of hope that we that most in the compromised fringe religious Christianity of today can even fathom. But God is calling us to a new heaven and a new earth. And where we yeah. bought into this trip that Christianity was all about to make my best life now and you know, to bless my business and blah blah blah. I'm so sick of all that. Jesus yeah, yeah. didn't die so you could have a five-star resort vacation. He didn't die so yeah. that your coffers could be filled with prosperity. I mean, he right. died to take away your sin and, and, and yeah. pre- prevent you from experiencing the wrath of God and bring you by his grace, mercy, and goodness, which endures forever, into a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. That's yeah. where our eyes yeah. are supposed to be. And that is the anchor for our souls in these kinds of times. Yes. Isaiah closes, let's close with this, because Isaiah goes on to say, look, he says, and the daughter of Zion, because Brother Jeremy was talking about what he was feeling yesterday, and we know you're feeling it out there. We're feeling it too. You know, it's this sense of foreboding. But God goes on to say, he said, Isaiah says to our Brother Marty, Brother Marty, yeah, I know, I know, I know. You know, when we started to do these podcasts, 
you know, just to let the you know let the people in on how it all began, we we began to sense what was coming. We spoke about these things and the pandemic. And you know what? I don't know if the pandemic the pandemic is the end of all things. I think there's more to come. That's what we kept telling yeah. the people. But we in our own hearts, it, was there fear? Absolutely. You know, what's uh, for what's coming? Like we we. We felt it. Yeah, we. we you got, know, it, it's, not, it's not like we just like got on the podcast and someone is called the nation now and people. No, like, <laughs> it, you know, it, no, we 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 cry about it. We shed tears for what we're seeing yes, transpire. Sir. Just like Jeremiah, Jeremiah was yes, called sir. the weeping prophet. Yes, yes. I mean, there's times where we're off. We're you know, the podcast finishes and and. And only the anointing can propel you to speak like this. But after the podcast, we we. we we, we we cry, we we speak about, we pray, and 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 we say, man, what a task! Where where, where are the preachers? Yeah. Where oh, are they? God. Amen. Hey, where are the preachers? They're not, they're not there, right? And and we're seeing the fulfillment of Amos in our time, right? Where he said, look, the days are coming. He said, where where it won't be a famine of bread and water, but of the hearing of the word of Almighty God. And he yeah. said the young men and the young virgins would faint. He was talking about the younger generation fainting and, and searching for, for meaning and hope. Yeah. But we have reached yeah. this, you know, these these moments of judgment that we're experiencing, and that's what they are. Whether you want to call it that or not, that's right. between you and, and whatever. But that's what's happening. The protective hand of God has been lifted. It's no longer God that's sending warnings. He's allowing the fruit of the doing of the people to come to pass. The abrogation of the spiritual and moral voices of our country, who long ago gave in to compromise and, and greed and, 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 and lust and acquisition of things and, 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 and took a sidestep and allowed the, the professors of the world to educate their children and infiltrate the minds of their marriages and their culture and the whole thing. And here we are. Yeah. And and and, and, and <laughs> go ahead, brother. It, it, you know, it's so prophetic, brother. You know what you just quoted from the book of Amos, that in the last days there shall be a famine, not of bread, but of hearing the word of God. And right under that, it speaks prophetically of young virgins and 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 young men seeking to and fro. Yeah. And that's what I see. You know, when I see these young people. They're searching, you know. They're searching, and you know how you know how do we deal with that? You know, they want, like you say, brother. They're they want to stand up for something, but they're just going about what they've known, what they've been taught. Right. You know. Think about what you're saying, brother Jeremy, over the course of of a historical context, because the devil is a master strategist, and he understood that the most it. important that's nation it. on the face of right, the most important. Yes nation on the face of the earth was this Judeo-Christian nation. Not perfect, not not every T crossed and every I dot. That's not what I'm saying. But the heart and the spirit of the nation at one time turned to God, knew how to pray, embraced the Ten Commandments, taught the children uh, the Bible in schools, let the kids open up in public and private schools with prayer. The churches were filled on Sundays. We were a nation that at one time at least had God in our forefront. 
and 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 I remember back in the day uh, hearing about old Clark uh, Gable, who uh, that was a big scandal because 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 he used that famous phrase, frankly, Scarlet, I don't give a D, right? I mean, that was a massive scandal. Oh my God, he said the D word. I mean, yeah. in a movie. Yeah. My God. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, compared to what we have today, are you serious? Mm. Uh, so, but he's a master strategist. He began to introduce little things, even back then in the 50s, to begin to go into the psyche of the people. He created yeah. a, a whole platform of demonically inspired people in the entertainment industry that began to push forth messages through the 60s and 70s into the people's consciousness. He began to open up a world of, of uh, uh, the same thing he offered the Lord on the mountain, right? He said, look at all the kingdoms of the world and the wealth and the splendor of it. I'll give it to you if you'll only worship me. And the Lord said, get thee behind me, Satan, right? You shall only worship right. the Lord thy God. But he did that to this generation. He did that to this country. He said, now you go yes. out there and make your money and so forth. And what began to happen? The, the destabilization of the family unit so that now we had mothers and fa fathers and mothers in the workplace. So there's no longer that nurturing, godly woman at home taking care of the children. No, her and her husband are out there working in the office eight to ten hours a day trying to earn a paycheck so they can keep up with the Smiths and the Jones down the street who just bought a new car and got a new tree planted in the front yard. And, and all the while, Johnny and, and, and Jane are being raised no longer by their parents. We started hearing phrases like latchkey kids, kids coming home to nobody, turning on the television, being indoctrinated by the, by the spirit of the age. And then as they grew up, we gave them over to public school systems that began to teach them, uh, you know, hidden underlying Marxist, Leninist kind of philosophy, getting them to question their very faith, getting them to believe that they yeah. came from monkeys instead of created in the image of God. And, and now now, fast forwarding all these years, look what we have. Right, exactly. My Lord, God help us. Man. You, and this is this is you said it well. It's it's the the devil's a mastermind. You know, he, he's been setting this nation up. We allowed it. The preachers let him in yeah. through the back door. Yes, sir. You know, and 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 this is what we've been talking about. You know, uh, we we began with Ephesians, right? We were speaking about Ephesians and the spiritual warfare, and 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 now we're learning a little bit of how the enemy works. It's not just you know he's trying to lure you to to do your typical sins, drug, sex, and rock and roll. This is this is more than just you. Yes, there is a there is an eternal war, an eternal warfare taking place here on earth. Yes, goodness. This is right. this is about two kingdoms. It's very yes. simple. It's about two kingdoms: yes. the kingdom yes. of God and the kingdom of yes. darkness. That's right. Yes. Right. So, so yes. you said it well. This is this has been the plan of the enemy the whole time, and he has he manages to turn us against each other. Right. Yes. And we're 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 focusing on ourselves and. And and our brothers yes. to the left or sister to the right. And the truth of the matter is he comes to kill, steal and destroy. Yes. That's what right. Jesus said. You know. Right. Amen. I mean, what we said a, a couple a couple of podcasts ago, you know, we are at the last frontier. We're yes. heading towards the culmination of all things. Right? right. The final battle yes. between uh 
you know, God and, and the kingdom, like you said, the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. This is the earth right here, the earth. This is the frontal, final frontier. This is where everything is going to culminate right here. There's a showdown that we're heading in the next few, whatever, few years, few days. It's not going to be long. This is where it's all going to culminate. That's where we're heading. That's why we're feeling and we're sensing what we're sensing. You know, we know where we're going. We know where this is heading. Amen. And I, and I think that that's one thing that you made me think of there was, you know, we've always had crisis in the world. If you're in the world, there's going to be crisis. But right. we've lived long enough to understand that not every crisis is a is a uh, you know Jesus is coming in you know 24 hours kind of thing. Right? I mean, it's just not that way. I've I've lived long enough myself to know that I cannot overreact to situation. Okay, that's one thing. Just, I'm going to put that out there. But what makes this unique, this time unique, is it appears to be the culmination of decades of that kind of stuff coming to rest right. in our time. Because it's affecting the whole planet, not a not yeah, a territory, yeah, yeah. but the whole planet at the same time. Right. And, and, and the characteristics of it is all global in nature, and the removing from the public consciousness of look how angry they got because somebody went and stood in front of a church and held up a Bible. Preachers. <laughs> I mean, preachers right. were were, yeah. were were mocking the that, president. That's right. That's right. Preachers were. <laughs> I mean, what? Seriously? I mean, who? The, these paragons of virtue. Some bishop from New York, from Washington. The bishop from Washington was outraged. You know, the Catholic bishop. Really? You know, this this institution of pedophiles and 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 homosexual clergy is going to be our conscience and tell us that we shouldn't hold up a Bible in front of the church because it it's an insult to God. Are you serious? Devil is what we got running rampant around us. But ah oh, man, let me let's bring this to a close. Listen, <laughs> oh, man, we could talk for hours on this kind of stuff because this is where we're at, and this is. This is what makes our times different is we're reading it right out of the prophets and we're comparing and right and laying the template on our nation and saying, does it fit? Oh, it fits. It fits like a glove, unfortunately. And that's the hard part that 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 many are going to have to wrap their head around. And what we're asking out loud is, has it begun? Because if it hasn't begun. My God, I'll hate to see you when it does begin. Because <laughs> if, if, yeah. if, if this doesn't qualify, everything that's been happening this year, I don't know what does. But Isaiah comforts, and, and, and he comforts God's people in verse 8, and we'll yeah. close with this. He, he says, but the, and the daughter of Zion, he's referring to his people that are living up under this kind of a thing. He says, he describes what it feels like. The daughter of Zion is left as a cottage in a vineyard, as a lodge in a garden of cucumbers, and as a besieged city. What he's trying to describe there is God's people who are witnessing this. You who are listening to us, because you wouldn't be listening this long into the podcast if, if you were the child of God interested in what we're, what we're trying to describe out of Isaiah. But he says, listen, the daughter of Zion is like a cottage in a vineyard. It means that it speaks of the isolation of the real people of God and the judgments they're witnessing. 
act as if all of it's creeping up around us. And and what's really interesting, what the rabbi said about a cottage, he said that 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 in, in the commentary I was reading on this particular passage, that a cottage used to be set in a vineyard. It's a little hut during the growing season. And so it's a little cottage that's put in the middle of a vineyard, and there would be someone in that cottage, and they used to call them the watchman. And they stay in that little thing and watch until the harvest is complete. Wow. And then, right, and so he's saying that's kind of where we're at. Isaiah is saying it's it's as if that watchman is in this cottage and it's being surrounded and and what the Lord was telling me, what, how that relates to us, is what we see is a vineyard uh, being plundered. You know, what should have been a harvest for God has been devoured by strangers, like Isaiah said, because of the corrupt leadership uh, and the corruptness of the people's behavior within the within the church itself. So all that is left, Isaiah is trying to say, and he's trying to talk to you who are listening and those that will listen at another time that all that seems to be left is a watchman staring out at the culture that's creeping up all around it. And it's viewing a devastated vineyard. And then a lodge in a garden of cucumbers. It, 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 <clears throat> this particular lodge, the rabbis say, no one's in the lodge during the daytime. And the cucumbers are actually gourds. And they say that the animals wouldn't, wouldn't even mess with the gourds because they couldn't break through their hard exterior shell. But he says it's at nighttime that they would go sit in the lodge because at nighttime thieves would come and try and plunder the field. So the watchman was meant to protect the field. And again, he's witnessing danger that comes upon the field at night. And so Isaiah uses both metaphors here. He says, you children of God, I know what you're feeling like and what you're witnessing, but you've been left here by God to be a witness against this generation and to pray. It's like a besieged city. You know, the effects have left the daughter of, of, of Zion surrounded now. But what God wanted me to, to say was understand this is the true church. And he wants us to understand your purpose in the midst of everything that you're seeing. As he goes on in verse 9 and says, the Lord of hosts, except the Lord of hosts, had left us an, a very small remnant. We would have become like Sodom already and like Gomorrah, right? And we would have been totally overrun. Right. So the Lord of hosts is a, is a title for Jesus Christ. And, and for now, he's left a very small remnant. Understand, if you're feeling isolated, if you're feeling like, where is all the believers? Where's the real people of God? Hey, yeah, it's, a, it's an indication that we're right there. Because we are a remnant. And, and he says, but he, he's left us there. We need to understand our purpose now. He's left us there. And, and in a sense, it's the grace of God at the end of degree, at the final frontier, as Brother Jeremy was saying, because it's holding back full, complete, and total corruption. It's the only thing that's keeping the whole world from plunging into darkness. And this is the Lord's grace. And really, yeah. as as he as he spoke it to me this morning, it, it's a time that's left that he's giving us to rescue our loved ones, to rescue our neighbors, to to do everything we can in 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 all the spheres of influence that we have to get the word out that Jesus is coming soon. There are terrible days ahead of us, and that our only hope and our only anchor is in Him. 
you know, finally understand that the whole is being overrun, like that cottage in the vineyard or, or that lodge in the, in the garden there of cucumbers. But there is a last day remnant that is here, and it's to proclaim the gospel, to rescue those that are yet to be saved. Because what we're seeing and all the things we've been describing really is revealing to us that the return of the Lord is near. And so we need to take heart, though, and understand, those of you who can hear by the Spirit, that we're looking for a city whose builder and maker is God, because everything around us, brothers and sisters, it's all going to pass away. And the sooner we come to grips with that and allow the Holy Spirit to elevate us into that realm of blessed revelation and wisdom and the knowledge of the Lord and to hearken to the call from heaven, like Paul said, I'm pressing toward the mark of the high calling that is in Christ Jesus, my Lord. I hear something beckoning to me reaching into the depths of my heart and spirit and pulling me forward and upward and onward. And 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 I want to cast that net like Jesus told Peter, you know, have you caught anything after he rose from the dead? And, and uh, he said, cast your net on the side of the boat. And they caught so many fish just before they swam to shore, right? We're just about to go to the shore where our Lord is, our heavenly shore. But there's yet a harvest of fish that we need to drag into the into heaven with us. And this little bit of time that we have right now, let us move like like secret service agents or or heavenly CIA, man. And let's go into the highways and the byways and compel them to come in because a special grace is going to be given to us at this time. God's people, God's real people, as we rescue as many as we can. Because the days are ahead and the night is coming when no man can work. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen. 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 Praise God. Well, what a tremendous study we have had today. And, um, you know, uh, let me tell you something. (laughs) The devil knows that he's got but a short time left for him. Trust me, Jesus has put him on notice and says, as he told Judas, whatever you got to do, go ahead and do it. But I also (laughs) rejoice in this, that God's servants also know that just a few more weary days, and then I'll (laughs) fly away. So these are all signs to us. God is also speaking to us and telling us, listen, these signs, these things that are happening, it's telling you that the clock is ticking and it's about, hallelujah, to hit and I'm coming for you. Be encouraged. The devil's already known. He's, he's doing what he's doing because he's already been put in no, on notice. Go and do what you got. I'll give you a little time. Whatever you think you can, go ahead and do it. But the servants have got to know that he's coming back very soon. Someday soon. Hallelujah. Very soon. I'll fly away. Hallelujah. And we pray that you are encouraged today. We pray that you are blessed and uh, with this Bible study. And uh, we're praying for you. We want you to know, listeners, we, we are praying for you and do the same for us. Pray for us that God will continue to give us the courage and the boldness to stand and declare what thus saith the Lord. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. Keep looking up.